This is Plus Money Golf on the Patriot Sports Network. A golf betting podcast that's better than most. What he said. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. And now, here are your hosts, Adam, Smitty, and Eric. Good morning. Welcome to Plus Money Golf on the Patriot Sports Network, the show with the pro and the caddy. That would be Adam and Smitty. My name is Eric. I'm just the host. Adam is back from Colorado. Smitty is back in the studio with me, and we're getting back to our winning ways after that Wyndham debacle. This week, it's the FedEx St. Jude Championship at TPC Southwind. Jude being my number one saint in the power rankings, since he's the one who looks out for the kids. I'm not talking about last week. You guys can talk about it if you want, but I have wiped it from the hard drive. Moving on. There is some live stuff going on as well, so I guess we can talk about both. I've been chest deep in the NFL all week. So I'm out of the loop. What's uh, what's going on with all this court stuff, Adam? Oh, yeah. So today they had their hearing for the temporary restraining to let Taylor Gooch, Hudson Swafford, and Matt Jones play in the FedEx playoff. And that was at 3 o'clock. I think at 6 o'clock, they finally made a decision that they were not going to let him because there's no... It wasn't hurting the players from earning money like other sports when you have this situation. There are... A lawyer had said, called something like the three poor little boys, you know, like trying to play a sympathy card for him. That didn't work. Um, they basically said, you know, like you violated PJ Tour rules by going to another tour, signing another contract. So the judge ruled in favor of the PJ Tour, so they're not playing this week. And there was some interesting stuff that came out, which is a question that the players have been avoiding. And the live lawyer just said the money won in the tournaments is recouped against the live contracts. So just because a guy wins four and a half million in a live event doesn't mean he sees the four and a half million dollars. It's And some of the players have avoided that question during the live interviews from the legitimate media that's there. And they just skirt around it and don't say anything about their contracts, which would make total sense why nobody's actually come out and said, I'm getting paid a huge contract because they may not get that money or they have the money and they don't want to win because they got to pay that money back. So it's very interesting, which, you know, if that's the case, this would basically classify this as exhibition golf, which is what they don't want it to be classified as, which would hurt their case for getting world golf rankings because they're trying to make it sound like a legitimate tour. But if you're paid up front and you don't actually get prize money, that goes back towards basically like they're loaning him the money then that that kills their chances. That would throw their case out, wouldn't it, for world rankings? Yeah, and the their lawyer was like, "Can we just get one tea time for these guys? Like, make them play together." And they were the judge was not having any part of it because they knew willingly what they did when they signed with Live that they were going against tour rules. It's an organization that has rules, and there was, I guess, some gray area in some of the PJ Tour rules that the judge apparently had mentioned. So sounds like the tour policy board's probably going to clear that up in the next case or the neck before the next case, it's going to go to trial. Like, and I thought, I thought they said that they wouldn't hear the case until 2025, but I may be wrong on that, but it was not anytime soon. So the live guys, you know, were trying to double dip and totally backfired on him. And my guess is that Augusta, the RNA, PJ of America, and the USGA follow suit and say, sorry guys, but if you can't play in tour events 
and a lot of them are world golf rankings are going to drop off like DJ and some of these guys, like they're just not going to be able to qualify for the majors. And, you know, some of the guys that are already qualified for Augusta, like that's an invitational Augusta can uninvite you if they want to, like that's their right. And they, I would see that the live guys, you know, like, sorry, your invitation got lost in the mail, boys. Very traditional place. They don't need any of your Saudi Arabian drama at Augusta. They have, you know, standards to keep up. So what do you mean when you say a guy can win a four and a half million purse, but not see the money? Like, what did these guys sign up for? If you were paid a $20 million contract, let's say Oosthuizen got paid a $20 million contract, but he won four and a half in the first event. Maybe he doesn't get the four million first prize money. He only gets the half million team money or whatever. So, do you so, think that in court? Do you think they were lying about that and just trying to? I think. I mean, because otherwise, their lawyer said that in court that the money is recouped through tournament winnings. So that's why they've probably all been hush hush about their contracts and how much money they're getting paid because they're not getting a hundred twenty five plus four mil win each event. They're getting. 125 conditional, which would make sense why they're just going to cancel the last four guys in the thing's uh, contract. Like, why would you keep a guy and and the live guys need the tour to stay relevant? Otherwise, you're just out there playing like they don't exist. So without the tour to promote them, which is what live wanted them to get on tour, they want to, there's no other way for them to promote their tour. And uh, I saw today also Carlos Ortiz dropped his name off the lawsuit list of the 11 guys. So it's down to 10. And I could see after today's ruling, you probably see more of those guys drop off that list because they know what the outcome's going to be. And it's probably not going to be favorable towards the live guys at all because they're getting all this money. All the money's out there for them to give. The PJ's not keeping them from making money. It's not like a baseball lockout to where there's no money for those guys to be made because they're not playing like they're still playing on another tour, making hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. Not the same at all. You made a choice to go cash a different check. That's all it is. That's what they said. Like you made the judge basically said, you know, like you made the choice to go, you knew what the consequences were. You can't just backtrack and say, Oh, we didn't know we were going to get banned. The tour told them that when the whole live thing started. So I think they were betting on solidarity. Yeah, they wasted all this time with court today. Yeah. I, I think you're right, Adam, man. So, like they they wasted everybody's time because everybody already knew what was said and what happened in court. I mean, logistically, like, come on. I mean, it was it's all right out there in front of them. The players don't want to make statements on Live anymore because apparently every statement that's been made about Live Golf plus for or against was in the court docs. And so now guys are just like don't want to say anything like they're just like taking the stance of Oh, they went. Sorry, I'm just worried about this tournament. They're not going to say anything because they don't want to be included in the whole thing. But the tour's got a lot stronger case for it than the Live because these guys don't have economic hardship on the Live tour. They've, you know, done nothing but say bad things except for Bubba Watson, Charles Howell, and one other guy have said negative comments. They're the only three guys that have said anything like, no hard feelings. Like we're just going to go. Like we don't want to play on the tour anymore. We want to play over here. So makes sense for those guys. Like, but live messed up by not trying to work with the tour. It would have been a lot easier and they wouldn't be in court. They just thought they would go and get a slam dunk case because they got money and that didn't work out. Live feels like an idea 
that went from concept to product in like 15 minutes. They just decided this one day. Yeah, and they chose a court to file in that is usually favorable towards players. Mm. That's why they went to that court, and that backfired on them too. So, <laughs> I, I don't even think that they did that much, right? Like planning. I think that they've just been planning as they've been going along, and it's really starting to backfire, and it's going to screw them, man. I mean... So I would see, you know, guys that maybe uh, were thinking about going after the end of the year, maybe second guessing like any decision, especially the tours, like dropping a whole bunch of stuff about how they're going to have like six and seven hundred million dollar million extra dollars next year for events. So the payouts are going to get way bigger. Yeah. You've got a pretty great bird in your hand with the PGA. I mean, honestly, the guys that have gone, I. I haven't really thought once about them, like missing them in an event. Like, I think there was only what, maybe I looked at the, the top 125. There was only like maybe seven or eight of those guys that were actually in the top 125 before last week. Like DJ was in the top 125. Brooks wasn't in the top 125. Phil wasn't even close. You know? Yeah, they all do. Like Taylor Gooch is the only one who's won events and like probably would have done well. Like, yeah, he's the only good golf. Yeah, Phil he's is done. like his career's over. He's going to be on the lift. He has to have the live survive or he's done. Yep. He burned that Which bridge. Which is sad for a guy that's 25 years old. That's the thing. It's a 25 year old making the decision. I could see if live goes away that the tour's like, you know, you've been out for this long. Like you got to go to Q school. You got to go to web.com or, you know, you're give them like a three year suspension. You have to though, because they have to re-earn that, right? Like they have to re-earn their way yeah. onto the tour. There's no just, oh, well, you can't just live off of, all right, five, six years ago, this is where I was on the tour. And now you have to let me back in. No way. Yeah. That's the only way you get work. that is like major medical or like, um, oh, I can't think of his name, but he's a South Korean player that had to go serve in the military. Like when the South Korean players have to do their forced military requirements, they let them back in on temporary and I think medical is the only other one. Like Morgan Hoffman's been playing on his medical from three years ago. So uh, that's the only, and unless you're a lifetime member like Phil, but they can, you know, make rules to where lifetime members aren't exempt. So yeah, where he just violated everything and it's like, okay, well, you're no longer a member anymore, you know? Yeah. So if they do that in the PGA of America, like, if you change your status from A1, which is a head professional or, you know, A6 teaching professional or whatever, if you change that to a lifetime member, you're no longer allowed to qualify for the, um, the national club pro, which is, you know, like technically Phil would be considered a PJ lifetime member because he has had his PJ tour card, which is like a classification in the PJ of America for 20 years. So he could technically play in those events. I mean, they have other little exclusions, but that's how Omar Uristi, who played on tour for 15 years, is still playing in club pro events. He's a teacher. And so there's tons of loopholes, but there's also the tour and the PGA of America, and these guys figure out ways to close those loopholes eventually. As they are currently. Yikes. What a racket. We'll see how many new guys go. So supposedly Cam Smith and Leishman are going, so we'll see. More every day. It's crazy though, because it feels like if I'm in the if I'm in a 
a spot to maybe potentially move from the PGA Tour to live, and then all this stuff just happened in court today, why would you want to make that jump anymore, knowing some of the positive changes that the PGA Tour is already making? Is it just because, you know, I guess, I guess if someone throws $100 million in my face, you know, what am I supposed to do? It's a hundred million one time. Like, I don't understand. Like guys like Charles Howe, who's set financially, like he doesn't need to be there. I mean, he was probably just going to retire. He's not going to play senior tour events. You know, like most of these guys that are playing now won't play on the senior tour because they've made a ton of money on the tour. The senior tour guys, it's just like a retirement. Take into effect someone like Taylor Gooch, who's 25 years old and he's, God, I mean, he's probably not stupid, I would say, but, um, you know, like he's got to know, all right. Um, I don't know how much money he's made so far in the tour, but, um, he's got to see all these 20 year olds coming behind him and be like, all right, well, how realistic is it for me to ever win a hundred million dollars on the PGA tour? And if he doesn't think yeah. that he's got a chance to win at least that or more, then it makes sense for him to make that move. But he just better hope that he has a good enough contract where he's going to make sure that he gets paid all of that hundred million dollars before this yeah. whole live thing fizzles out and it's no longer. Um, or he does think that there is longevity in this and he's going to continue to make more money and be able to make another contract with them. So, but I would think at the, for the live, the live tour it's itself, the way their model is evolving, like you're not going to get a hundred million con dollar contract in four years when that's up they're just gonna be like well you're on our tour now like you're just gonna have to win your money then they're back to the way they were because they have the upper hand because there's no other tour for them to get in dude none of these guys that are that have played on the web or the guys that are out on tour now want you know all of these guys coming from the web like those dudes are hungry they can get it around they can shoot these 20 25 under rounds like i think that's why we see the scores get lower because guys that are on the web grinding for two, three years, having to shoot 20 under every week, 20, 30 weeks in a row. Like those guys can game. And, you know, some of these guys are scared, like that's, you know, where it's headed and they just can't do that. I mean, if you look at it, the regular tour events, like excluding Rory and maybe Spieth, but it's all young guys that are winning because they're taking it deep every event. Like the majors. Yeah. That's when your veterans are going to do well, but how much money do you need? Like, seriously, like with sponsors and winnings, like 20, 30 mil years, probably good. I mean, the top 1% in America makes 450,000. So dude, if you can't live on 10 or 12 million a year in winnings, like and sponsor money, that's, that's a problem in itself. You need to call 1-800-GAMBLER if you're having those kinds of problems. Cause that's the only explanation. Well, Makes no sense. Speaking of gambling, like that segue this week, we head down to one of the most coveted private clubs in Tennessee for the FedEx St. Jude Championship at TPC Southwind. Looks like a nice place. They got a windmill, grain silo, remnants of an old dairy farm that was there once upon a time before the millionaire bulldozed everything. Uh, there's a smaller version of 17 at TPC Sawgrass I saw, so that's pretty cool. Oh, uh, the best part is we get our star players back, guys I've heard of. I'm excited about that. What's the story yeah, with this place? It's going to be good. Do they play it often? What do we know? Uh, I, I thought I heard Tony Finau say this is the first time at this golf course, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is for him. They switched venues from a different yep. one to this one? Yep. Yep. So, yeah, he won the first round or whatever of, the, of it last year, but it wasn't here. So Interesting. 
I think they they have a senior tour event here, but not a regular tour event here. But I don't remember which course they used to play. It was in the same area. But yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a it's a course it's a par seventy, and it's like seventy two hundred yards, just over seventy two hundred yards. So, um, you know, you got the just looking at some of the some of the the facts on the course here. There's, um, it's the sixth most water danger, uh, whole course on tour. So six out of the forty six. So it's got eleven different holes where there's water danger. Um, you know, it's the it's like the seventeenth longest on tour. Um, let's see, what else does it say? Uh, but you said it hasn't rained, so it's going to be firm and fast. No. Yeah. So there's some really, some really crazy, um, things and interesting things that I was reading about, about this is that, uh, they, they haven't, they've had almost like drought, like, um, conditions there for a while. So it's, it says like the, the Memphis area has, uh, had like one of the hottest Julys, um, ever and, um, more than 11 days over hundred degrees and, uh, minimal rainfall since, uh, since sometime beginning in May, um, which is going to let the course play much firmer and even more challenging, you know, and this is, uh, I feel like one of the, one of the courses, this is a course where you really need to get off the tee and you need to be, um, you need to be accurate because it's not overly long, you know? Um, but, uh, strokes gained off the tee it is going to be extremely important i think um this week this is this is the this is a crazy stat about about tpc southwind so like um since 2003 um the it has uh, southwind's f- um 5989 balls in the water are the most at any tour course during that sh- during that stress so in like last 19 years the second highest one is sawgrass um with a huge drop that's like 1100 balls left. So, um water danger is definitely something. And then this is this is how this is a stat that was crazy. So, it talks about um drives finding the rough. So your green and per- green and uh, regulation percentage drops from 74% from the fairway to an to a big like whopping 41% if you miss the fairway. Um so that's a huge number that like doubles there. So 66% of the approaches will come from about 125 to 200 yards, um, which is well above what the tour average is. Um, so yeah, did you look at the course pictures? Like this looks like a hybrid, like of four different TPC courses, like some of the holes look like John Deere. Some look like, uh, it's like crazy. There's like an Island green, like sawgrass, And then they have like the 18th green looks like pe- hole looks like pebble. Like, Two of the holes look like the ones at TPC John Deere. So it's like, it almost looks like they cobbled together a bunch of TPC courses. Yeah. And it sounds, it sounds like too, with the fairways, it's like the, what is it? Like the Zoysia grass. Is that how I, is that how you say it? Zoysia really grass. Sure. Yeah. Zoysia grass. Yeah. So like they, um, yeah, so it just sits. So they're talking about it. Um, and, uh, it's, it's like on a tee. Just, yeah. It just, it tees it up on the fairway. So it looks so yeah. pretty to where then you get in the Bermuda rough. You have no idea how it's going to come out of there. So you, you're either going to catch a flyer, it's going to go past, you know, over the green, or you're going to catch one that literally goes 20 yards in front of you and you're sitting there looking like, wow, I'm stupid. So it's like super wiry and yeah, it's like the ball sits up on a tee. So you, ca- you can catch flyers out of the fairway sometimes. Interesting. Which, you know, that's what they have at Oklahoma State um, at their golf course at Karsten Creek. They have Zoysia fairways. So it's kind of cool. Like, 
I would expect maybe some guys like Ricky Fowler to play well here just because not many guys play in Zoysia. Like we don't get that many of those courses on tour. Well, let's list off some dudes then. Who do you, uh, who do you have for the top 20? Is Ricky Fowler in there? I like betting on Ricky no, he's Fowler. Not. He's fun to root for. Yeah. Do we want to talk about last week? Like at the Wyndham, how the what? Ke- or Junyoung Kim is like the second youngest player to ever win since like he's, 1932. He's the first, he's the first player to win on PGA tour, right? <laughs> that is born in the year in the two thousands. Yeah. <laughs> I think Spieth was like two years, two months. I think Spieth was two months younger than him when he won at, at John Deere. So yeah. Yikes. This kid's only played 12 events this year or in his tour career. I was out of, and wins. I was out of high and, school when he was born. That's a problem for me chronologically. Yeah. And he also finished with like lot. So at rocket mortgage, he shot 61 or 62 final round and then shoots 61 final round this week. Can I also and say like Smitty said, started with an eight Yeah, started with an eight on the tournament. Like, you you throw out a quad on the first hole and then you cl- you climb all the way back and you win just steadily rocking on the back nine just rolling you know what do you shoot what do you shoot on the front nine um on Sunday it was a was a I'd have to look a twenty a twenty seven or something like that twenty eight yeah pre tournament he was going off at plus twenty nine hundred after his first hole he went to plus twelve thousand so if you would have <laughs> picked him after he played hole one of the event your odds would have quadrupled ah son of a bitch i need to get on one of those so it's you know like yeah that would have been nice to be like oh well i still think he's gonna play well and then pick him on thursday after hole one you're just like you know one of his good friends and you're like oh yeah this happens i know what happens next you know well let's put a hundred on that (laughs) yep yeah he started beating me yeah but like we said last week's there was quite a few guys that moved up a lot in the FedEx playoff or the FedEx position just that played well on the last day. We just didn't pick very many of them. It was another one uh, of those weeks for me where a lot of, a lot of my picks fell short by a stroke. Yeah. You know, it, and um, it was just really one guy moves up and it'll not, it'll fuck up the whole column of top tens or top twenties. So some, so we had like four guys in the money with like two holes left and, a guy birdies 17 and 18 and bumps all of our guys out of the top 10 and 20, except for like two. Yeah, because JT Poston was sitting in like an 18th place and I'm like, oh, that's secure money. And then I log on and I'm like, what? He's at 21. What happened? And then I look (laughs) through and I was like, who's the asshole that bumped all those guys down? And I'm looking at every guy from like top five down and I'm like, oh, this dude birdied 17 and 18. And then Bo had to get a bogey on 16, then birdies the next two and like bumps up into a top, whatever it's a 15 or something that like bumped all those guys down a spot. Total dick move. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like Poston got bumped. Zalatoris got bumped. Yeah. It was not good. (laughs) It was not good. Pendrith got bumped out of a top 10, but I I did. Fucking Taryn didn't even make the cut, that son of a bitch. Yes, he did. Oh, he did? Yes, he did. He, he ended up making it on the number. Well, he finished twenty seventh. But he did. He he was yeah. He finished twenty seventh at, at eight under. So I mean, he shot a sixty four on Sunday. Like I told him, uh, yeah. If he makes a all cut right, at he's not fired. He's make a run, and he did. But falls asleep on Saturdays. Maybe it just gets wasted on Friday nights because he's got that guaranteed check coming. <laughs> oh, 
You think he just goes out and goes hard to pain on Friday? <laughs> Maybe. It's all gravy after this. He was on fire on the front nine on Sunday. Um, I mean, he had four he had four birdies and an eagle on the front nine for a twenty nine. And the only person that shot better on the front nine that day was Kim, who shot a twenty I think a twenty eight. So Yeah. It's he's still playing really well. So I didn't make Max McGreevy one of my like for sure top twenty picks because I didn't want to curse the guy and but I did have him on my list and he was going off at twenty to one and finished T five. If I would have picked him for a T ten, I think it was thirty five hundred to one. But that would have been asking too much of him. He wouldn't have shown up at all. Nah, he usually doesn't. But yeah, like Chesson Hadley moved up with the T eight. He moved up into the top uh close to one hundred. I also I also want to know Russell something Henley. else. Yeah, Henley was good. I mean, he was one of my picks to win, but also a top 10. But I also want to note all the guys that withdrew, which was crazy. Um, and every every single one just said just said sickness. But there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys, I think, that withdrew. And, and two of them, two of them made the cut. And well, actually, and Webb Simpson probably it probably would have made the cut as well. But he withdrew after what, like during the weather delay, right? Yeah, so I... I did read, I can't remember who it was, saw where the cut line was, was finished, and thought, well, I'm not going to make it. So he flew home. Halfway home, he gets a text like, you made the cut, your tee time's this on Saturday. So then he had to get a PJ to get back to the course so he could finish his round. And then he shot like, I think, 74 or 76 after that. But I, I can't remember who it was. It was one of the main guys. Like, it may have been one of our picks. Um, The only guy I'm seeing with the scores... Was was CT Pan is uh no because he I don't know well Siwoo Kim um just disappeared all of a sudden like he withdrew like he went sixty nine sixty eight seventy two but then he he I don't know he hit a bad shot or something he's like okay I go home now like whatever see you later I don't know weird it was really weird though because like all these guys withdrawing and just saying oh illness like come on really that's yeah I would guess some of them like knew they were in the FedEx and like what's the point and then. Or that, or they just maybe wanted to give some other guys a chance. I don't know. Or maybe they did get sick. Maybe they all went to eat at the same place and got sick. Well, I just know that I had Adam Long and I had um, Webb Simpson and Siwoo Kim all withdraw, which was really annoying. <laughs> was it? Sh- I think it was Shane Lowry. Was he playing last week? Yeah, he's the one that left and then had to come back. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, dude, it sucks to sit around on weather delay sometimes. They're just ready to get out of there. It also sucks to watch some of your, some of your top twenty, uh, top ten, and outright winners just withdraw from a tournament. It also sucks to sit and watch that. I was pissed. They should do refunds for that. Let's get into this tournament and the top twenties. Smitty, you got your list over there. I do. Um, lots of lots of really good numbers, honestly. And, I mean, just because of who's playing in the tournament. You know, there's just all the big boys playing in it. So some guys got some numbers, um, but I didn't, you can't, it's really tough this week to take any kind of serious long shots just because it's, it's going to be the fields too deep. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best of the best, man. So, um, so rolling my top 20 here. Um, I have Aaron wise at plus two thirty. um, just sneakily playing some really good golf and he's going to continue to do that. I think that he's a guy that can stand out here in the top 20. Um, I did throw in JT Poston at plus 280, just continuing to try to ride his like wave of consistency and just being around there all the time. I mean, um, 
he he very well, very easily could have probably contended to be in the top three this last week. And I know it's a different field and all that stuff, but just playing really consistently and some good stuff um, lately. So we got to continue to roll with that. Um, then I have uh, I have I have uh, Henley, I have uh, Russell Henley at plus one ninety. Tom Kim, okay, Ju Young Kim at plus one seventy. And I'm back to my boy Jordan Spieth <laughs> at plus one thirty five. All right, all th- all is right in the world again. <laughs> but this is these are the, he's off with Taryn, so he's got to get somebody else. <laughs> just wait a second. So with with the way that <laughs> just the way that the course, I mean, the type of grass and all that kind of stuff that they're playing on, it just seems like a kind of a, a Jordan Spieth course and somewhere that he can play well at. So, um, but just to if I did have to give you a little bit more of a long shot, I still. Do I? I'm gonna throw in there. This is not an official pick, okay? But it is someone that, um, if you want to throw five bucks on Callum Terran at plus five hundred, go for it. You know what the hell? That that pick was more for Adam than anything else. So <laughs> yeah, I thought for sure you were off of Terran for once. I was like, oh, he's done with him now. He burned him too bad this week. Yeah, he. I mean, that's, it's just that's the one round every single one round every single weekend where he just pisses you off because he shoots even par or something in it. Just, it's annoying. All right, that's my top twenty. Maybe he'll take it more serious this week since he needs to be in the top seventy for next week. Yeah, he won't go out and party on Friday night after he makes cut. Yeah, <laughs> possibly. Who do you got for top twenties, Adam? Uh, so starting off, uh, top twenty. I hope I don't curse him, but Max McGreevy at plus twelve hundred. Ooh, which is he played well last week when I mentioned it, but I did I did pick him. Like personally, but just because I felt like it was a good going to be a good week for him, just with the pressure of trying to get into that top one twenty five. <clears throat> um, then I got JT Poston at plus two eighty, just because TPC course the guys plays well there, and he's he played good last week. Just looked like he had a few bad holes kind of mid round mid event. Um, and then Chesson Hadley at plus plus six fifty, he played good last week, um, and seems like he just keeps playing. He was like playing good. Then he kind of slumped and now he's picking it back up again. Um, and then I have Victor Hovland at plus 150. I didn't really want to pick him to win or be a top 10, but I thought he's can curve the ball a little bit. So I thought maybe he's off of his British Open hangover. And then I have Biesenholt at plus 260. He hasn't played in a few weeks, I don't think. Um, and then Keegan Bradley at plus 280. And then if you'd wanted to on official... I'll probably pick him myself, but Lucas Glover at plus 900. Never met a plus 900 I didn't like. <laughs> it's just like, man, you have to go so deep in the field to get good odds. Like, everybody I wanted to put in the top 20 was like either negative or like plus 120 or 30. And I was like, that's a, kind of a waste of your money. Like, if you're picking top 20s, you just got to go big sometimes. There's going to be there's gonna be a couple guys that have really nice odds that are going to crack in there. It's just a matter of being able to filter through and find the right guy. Yeah, and like McGreevy and Glover and Hadley and Bradley have all been playing good. Like the last few weeks, just I feel like it could be a good week for those guys. I like it. They already got their card locked up. You know, it's they're trying to move into that top 70. So it's something to chase now. It's not just like once you get there, now you're just getting that bonus money. Because next week is a no-cut event, so you get in there, that's like really secure, and that gets you in some of the invitationals, and then if you get into East Lake, that gets you into all the majors and all the invitationals, so. Motivation. I like a motivated golfer. What do you think, Smitty, for top 10? 
All right, top 10. Um, I have starting off with uh, Tom Kim, you know, plus 350, um, Ju Young Kim. I think we just need, I think everybody just needs to go to calling him Tom Kim moving forward. Um, but these greens this weekend are supposedly pretty easy compared to a lot of other courses um, on tour. And he's not a big hitter, and he, but he, you know, is pretty accurate and he's, just showed this last week how good he can be all the way from you know from tee to green and everything and i think that he he's gonna gonna roll putts like 10 12 foot putts that are just gonna roll in and be automatic for him again so i think that once he gets on the green he's really gonna make some money so i, I like him at plus 350 um i have jordan spieth at plus 275 i have willie z will zalatoris at plus 220 um i have the hottest guy in the world right now as far as golf goes tony finau plus 200 guys just playing ridiculous golf and if we're going by our consistency and what we've been doing all year like we gotta gotta ride ride the wave a little bit and and jump with in there um and then uh i have jt at plus 150 and i kind of have a 5a 5b there because i do have i do have matthew fitzpatrick at plus 150 as well um i mean i know that he hasn't he hasn't been playing a whole lot either um as of late but feel like this is a course where he can he can be successful at too and JT you know you know he's been out grinding trying to figure his life out and he's going to come to play now that it's uh now that it's go time so it's where I'm rolling that makes sense to me I like it I like it Tony Fino we got to bet on the guys who are playing well because boy do I get pissed when I don't and then they play well again <laughs> what do you got for top 10 Adam yeah the thing I like about yeah uh so I have a lot of similar picks this week. Uh, I have Ju Young Kim at plus 350. And the thing I liked about him was he's playing like Jordan Spieth used to play. Like if you watched on Sunday, his final round, he had like a 50 footer for birdie to shoot 60. And he just gave that thing a wrap and hit it like 12 feet past the hole. And then just like walks up there casually and just like jams it in on the next putt like it was nothing. So I like him on flat greens. Um, and then... I got Tony Finau at plus 200 just because I don't, I hope he would win. But um, since he's the defending champion, I thought I should give him at least the respect of top 10. And then I have JT, uh, Justin Thomas at plus 150. I guess I have to start saying Justin Thomas and not JT because that's, you know, JT Poston. So so I'll just call him Justin Thomas uh, at plus 150. And uh, I just saw some videos of him out there just working on his swing. So I thought, man, this dude looks like he's getting dialed in. Maybe Tiger's giving him some grief for not winning a playoff, the FedEx playoff yet. So, could be. Then I have Spieth at plus two seven five, um, Patrick Cantlay at plus one fifty, and then as I was watching interviews today, uh, Sam Burns was talking about how he liked the grass here and he played well here last year. So I I put him in there as like a five B at plus three hundred. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Uh... I kind of forgot about the guy. Yeah, but he, yeah, you're right though. I mean, uh, at first when I started to make my list, uh, he wasn't on there and I was looking through the odds a little bit more again and I was reading some articles and just kind of seeing how guys were, were trending and it's like, oh crap, I forgot about Sam Burns. And so he didn't make my list, but he, he could, he could easily be a top 10 this weekend easily. Yeah. I mean, he's a good player and he hasn't played in like three weeks, four weeks. And it's like, if that guy's been practicing for four weeks playing with Jordan and JT and Scotty, like he's obviously going to be sharp. So this is true. That's why I stuck with him. Until the interview, I kind of forgot about him at all. Like, I thought maybe he was a live defector or something. <laughs> Not yet. 
Anyway. Well, Smitty, who's going to win this thing? Us. Besides us. Who's going to win? All right. So I am starting off um, with Justin Thomas at plus 1,400. I think that uh, it's the time is right for him to come and play well. I mean, like Adam said, if he's been working on some things and he's been grinding a little bit, I think that that, that bodes well for him. Um, and again, he's another guy, right? Just like Spieth playing on some, you know, golf courses, a golf course that they're used to playing on from where they, you know what I mean? From where they grew up, the type of type of course. Um, and then, uh, I have, uh, I have Tony Finau at plus 2000 still riding the Will Zalatoris train at plus 2200. He had a lot of birdies last week, a lot. He just, he, he needs to, he needs to, you know, clean up some of those bogeys that he had. Um, and this is a course too, where he's a ball striker you can get away with being a bad putter at this course because of the greens and, and how much easier they are compared to a lot of other courses. Uh, then I went, uh, I went with Scotty Scheffler at plus 1400. Gotta think he's coming, man. He's gotta think he's going to be coming to play. And, um, he was, he was in the mix with my top 10 plays as well, but I just, I, I went with some other guys there since I was going with him as a winner. Um, and then, uh, I have Fitzpatrick at plus 1400. Um, I did want to state too, that I do have, the six pick of Rory at plus 900. Um, we've had this conversation, you know, on our show before about, I just don't like to pick anybody that's under 10 to one to win. So no, I don't like it either. That's almost a mistake you made twice. I know, I know, I know, (laughs) but I just don't, I don't like to pick someone. Like I literally wrote it down in my notes over here. It says, I like him a lot for Rory. But is nine to one worth it? If he shoots sixty two first round and goes wire to wire, then you're gonna be like, God, I wish I would have yep. got it at nine hundred, not negative one fifty. Yep. I'll be betting plus three hundred on Saturday afternoon. Just just let me live my life, Adam, okay? I'll just, <laughs> just bet three times as much. That's all. <laughs> a win is a win. I'm gonna put, you know, I'm gonna win ten yep. G's. I'm just gonna <laughs> have to wager twenty grand. No big deal. Yeah. What does your list say, Adam? Who's winning this fucking thing? Yeah, so I had a lot of the same picks here. Ooh, um, that's good. Good and yeah. Historically, yeah, that's good. So like I went with Ju Young Kim at uh plus four thousand. The dude's on I, fire, like it's I had almost the post in scenario. Yeah. It was sixty one, six you know, sixty two, sixty one final rounds to close out, and then it's like gets the win and then he's on fire. And then, you know, that's kind of our formula we've been going with. Second hottest player would be Tony Finau at plus 2,000. And then I went with like my staple guys for big events. JT at plus 1,400. Rory at plus 900. And Scotty Scheffler at plus 1,400. So we have a lot of the same picks. But I just feel like JT, Rory, and Scotty have been like off the grid, practicing, getting better. You haven't seen a thing from Rory in the last month. I don't know if he's just like shaking off some demons or he's just like getting geared up. So my guess is he's probably been down at Tiger's practicing or letting Tiger help him with some stuff. We'll find it's out. It's never good when that happens. I'm really excited to watch some golf this weekend because, you know, besides majors throughout the entire season, you don't get to see yeah. this type of lineup. And you're going to be, I mean, one numbers one through 50, man, you're going to, you're going to have every single name is going to be somebody that, you know, and somebody that it's like, oh, that guy played really well here. That guy won here. So it's just going to be so much fun to watch all these guys out there on the course together. You're going to get some great pairings. It's got a majors feel to it, you know, with just the guys all back again. 
It's like, you know, they're all back from summer break, like ready to roll. But we didn't even mention Cam Smith, who's like the second favorite of the event or John Rahm. I mean, there's so much to choose from. It's just everybody's gearing up for this big last three charge, which, you know, next year, the way the PJ restructured the playoffs for next year, this event will only have 70 players in it. So after the last regular season event, they go to 70. So next year, you're going to see probably some of these bigger name guys like sticking around because the guys from 71 to 150 are going to have to play fall events to keep their card. So they're going to have like a secondary thing because they brought back Q school. So if you're in that 151 to whatever, you're going to Q school with guys fresh from college guys from the web trying to get your tour card, conditional tour card. That's not going to be fun at no. all. That's like seven, eight days of just grind. Yeah. I mean, it's multiple events, six or seven rounds, like 62s every round, like no fun. It's That's probably the, the thing to watch is Q school because it's like, I mean, guys' careers are over or they're made. That's got to be so stressful. So stressful. Oh. Because if you that's fail- That's why these guys were glad they got rid of it. It's basically starting over again if you really want to continue the grind. Yeah. Relegated. How would you like to be a 46-year-old guy that's just been coasting on tour for five, six years, like in the safe zone, and now you're paired with two guys who just won like the NCAA who are hungry on fire, can hit it 50 yards past you. Like, that's no fun. I've been there. That's not fun. I'd probably hop to to the lift to it. <laughs> Doesn't sound fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, go hit Europe for a year. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess we're ready to call it a day. We got our list of winners here. I just got to make a graphic, put it out on the Twitter so that the people can see it. You can follow Adam on the Twitter at AC Miller PGA. You can follow Smitty on the Twitter at CSmith8 with an F. Speaking of, all right, thank you, Adam and Smitty, for all of your hard work. Thank you, people, for listening. We truly do appreciate it, even though I say it every time. It doesn't mean that I don't mean it. Please consider giving us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, whatever you're getting us on. They help a ton with ratings because it's measurable interactions, especially if you write words. You could tell somebody about the show, too. If you're not a, more, of, If you're more of an analog person, just physically tell another human to listen to this show. I'd be cool with that, too. The show has accounts all over the place. We got a Facebook group. We got a TikTok page. We got all the social things going up. Best of luck with your bets this weekend. We'll see you right back here next week for more Plus Money Opportunities. Adam, say something cool that golfers say. Just tap it in. Tap, tap, tap a Thanks for listening to Plus Money Golf. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, keep up with the show on Facebook and Instagram at Plus Money Golf and on Twitter at PSR Golf. Until next time.